This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. If you have your Bible or your phone or that great big new phone that Matt had, well, you can open it to Psalms chapter 1. And we're going to look at this very familiar psalm, and we're going to look at some keys to being blessed. The very first words of the very first verse says, blessed is the man. Now, I think I would rather say person than man because there are men and women here, and I happen to be a woman, and I want to be blessed too. So, so blessed is the person. So let's just stop right there because the Lord is giving us the subject of that psalm in the first few words, blessed blessed. He's about to give us some conditions for being blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Three things that we need to avoid if we want to be blessed. He starts with what to avoid. First, you've got to avoid these three things. Aren't you glad he didn't give 365 things you had to avoid? He only gave three. And notice they have, to, they have to do with walking, standing, and sitting, which would indicate a progression of, of the influences in our life that would result in either blessing or not being blessed. And so let's look at those three things to determine our spiritual destiny, three things to avoid. The first one is do not seek advice from ungodly people. When it says don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, it means don't be going to ungodly people who don't know God and asking them for advice. They're not going to give you good advice. We say, well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about, what about bankers and lawyers? And you know, Did you know Legacy Foundation that we, we're going to have on Sunday? You're going to hear from godly lawyers. If you need a lawyer, there are godly lawyers. And, you know, your doctor may not, you, when you go to, I didn't ask my doctor if he was born again when I asked for an appointment. <laughs> I'll, I'll only come to you if you're godly. But what I am telling you, that word walk means to live your life. It means don't live your life from the advice of ungodly people. You know, one of the places that we get a lot of advice from, I know you're not going to want to admit this, is from the television. You know, that's true, isn't it? We watch television. We watch the news. We watch all sorts of things. And most of, of what we're watching is not based on the Word of God. Now, am I telling you not to watch television? I'm telling you don't live your life according to what you see on TV. I'm telling you there may be a time when you need to back away from that TV because you're hearing something that's bringing fear and unbelief and you need to get in the Word or get with some godly counsel that can get your mind back focused on the things of God if you want to be blessed. Don't seek advice from ungodly people. When I need to know what to do, I may look at natural information, but if I'm going to discuss something and get some advice from somebody, I'm going to find a godly somebody that'll get in the Word and in prayer with me to get wisdom from God of what I should do to live my life. And you need to do the same thing. Here's the second one. Don't stand in the way of sinners. In other words, don't run around with sinners. Well, you know, we all have sinners around us. We all have unsaved people around us. If you work in a business, if you work in an office, there are probably people in your office that are not born-again Christians. 
So you can't avoid working with them. Maybe your neighbors are not born again, and you're, you, you have to be, you don't have to be, but you should be friendly with your neighbors. So that's not talking about that. It's talking about your close associations that you spend time with. Don't hang out with sinners. Now, let me tell you, I really love, I, I love people. I, you know, I, I, I hate sin, but I love people. But I've got to tell you the truth. I, uh, I love murderers, but I don't have any friends that are murderers. Do you? I don't hang out with murderers. I don't go to prison and say, I'd like to meet a few murderers. I'd like to be friends with murderers. Do you? No, no. I, some people do. I, I don't go into the inner city and say, I'm looking for a gang. Because I'd like to hang out with a gang. Now, you're laughing, but we need to be careful who we hang around with. I'm really careful about my friends. I want them to be Christians. I minister to the lost. I witness to the lost. I'm friendly to the lost. But my close friends are Christians. I don't run around with sinners. My mother used to tell me, birds of a feather flock together. Did your mother tell you that? My mother also told me that if you hang around with people, you are judged by the people that you run around with, and people will think that you're just like them. She also used to tell me, I had a cousin that I, my, my mother's brother was the only unsaved person in, uh, from my grandmother's children, and he was really unsaved. Had a horrible problem with language, and I don't mean he couldn't speak English. I mean, he just cursed a lot, and, um, and, and his son was worse than he was, and he was a little boy. And I, would, I like to go stay with my cousin when I was seven and eight and nine years old. I didn't come home cursing, but my mother would say, you are acting just like your cousin. She was saying that I'd picked up some character traits hanging around unsafe people. That's what she was saying. Have you ever known that to happen to you? Don't answer that. Don't hang around. Now, let me tell you why. This is why you need to not hang around with sinners, because sin is contagious. Sin is contagious. I uh, occasionally get books. People give me books to read, and, and I got a, a book from a lady, and it's her biography. And in this, I was reading it just the other day, and I, I was reading through it, and she was talking about how she had moved in with these girls that she had met at a club, and, and they were telling her how good they felt when they took this drug. And she said, oh, I would never take drugs. I would never take drugs. But she kept hanging around with them. And she got hooked on drugs. Evil companionships. Don't hang around with sinners because sin is contagious. Let me tell you something else that's contagious. Unbelief. If you hang around with people that don't have faith, and they're always critical of faith people, you'll, you'll kind of, in fact, criticism is contagious. Oh, you didn't like that one, did you? It is. Negativity is contagious. If you hang around with people who are sarcastic all the time, you will find yourself becoming sarcastic. That brings us to the next thing that we're supposed to avoid. You are not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You are not to stand in the way and hang out with sinners. And here's a third one. You're not to sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. The adjective scornful originates from an old French word, escorn, and I don't speak French, so if you're French and I mispronounce that, forgive me. And it means, but this is what it means, mockery, derision, contempt. 
Now, those things, say, eh, well, you know, I don't know that I, I'm involved in them, but I bet you're involved in this one. To look down on someone, to criticize someone, that's a difficult one, isn't it? But we're not to sit in, the, in that seat. A lot of times when things are going on and, and uh, maybe leadership is not doing a good job in our government or something, it's easy to criticize, isn't it? But maybe what we ought to do is not criticize, but maybe what we ought to do is pray. Because criticism changes nothing, but prayer does. So we need to watch that. Don't, don't, because, let me tell you why. Because if you do those things, seeking advice from the ungodly, hanging around with sinners, and being scornful will block your blessings. It'll block your blessings. If you're not experiencing blessing in your life, maybe you need to do a little inventory and see if you're guilty of those three things. If you need to stop and say, oh, Lord, thank you for pointing that out to me. Now let me change that. Let me make some adjustments. The activity that brings blessings is really what I wanted to talk about. I, I needed to tell you those other things. But this is what I really wanted to talk to you about in verse 2. Psalms chapter 1, verse 2. But his delight, blessed is the man that walketh not the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. The word delight means a feeling of extreme pleasure or satisfaction. The person that's blessed gets great satisfaction and pleasure from being in the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, Justin takes us into the presence of the Lord. I just love it, don't you? If you don't, we need to pray for you. And I'd be glad to do that. Come up later and I'll pray for you. To be blessed, we must receive pleasure and satisfaction from the presence of the Lord and from the word of the Lord. Psalms 37, 4 says this. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. We get that backwards. We, we think if we delight ourselves in the desires of our heart, God will give them to us. But that's not what that verse says. No, that verse says we delight ourselves in the Lord. And then he can't help himself. He wants to shower us with the blessings, with the desires of our heart. We have to find our pleasure and our satisfaction in the Lord and in his word. I know some of you think we nag you about reading the word, but it's good for you to be nagged because some of you wouldn't do it if we didn't nag you. And some of you don't do it anyway, even though we nag you. But tonight, I want to inspire you a little bit to, to push yourself a little bit in some areas and learn how to step into a place of blessings, to meditate on the Word of God. What does it mean to meditate on the Word of God? It means to give serious thought to and to roll over and over and over in your mind the Word of God. The result, and we're going to come back to that in a minute because that's really where I want to dwell the rest of the night is right there. But the result of eliminating wrong influences in your life and activating the habit of meditating on the Word of God, this is what will happen to you. You will become like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, what happens to a tree that's planted by the rivers of water? Even in drought, that tree gets plenty of nourishment. That tree is healthy. That tree is strong. And you say, how can I be like a tree? How, what in the world does the Lord mean I'm like a tree? Well, Jesus gave us a little insight to that in the book of John chapter 7 when he said this. He said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of 
of living water. But this he spoke of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given. So he's telling us that there's a life source inside us called the Holy Spirit. And if we will plant ourselves in the Word of God and in the presence of God, this active, this active river inside us will be activated, and it will do. We will be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. And listen to what will happen to us. We will bring forth our fruit in season. We have a Meyer lemon tree, a grapefruit tree, and a Satsuma orange tree in our yard. And we love it when fall comes and we can get those Satsuma oranges off that tree. They're just delicious. And lemons, we didn't have as many as we usually have this year. But we love that. But the sad thing is we only get them once a year. But you know the book of Revelation says that the river of God has, those, has trees on either side of it. And they constantly bring forth fruit. And I believe what the Lord is saying here is if you'll plant yourself in the Word of God, if you will meditate on the Word of God, and if you will become proficient in that, that you will produce fruit all the time. All kinds of fruit, joy, peace, uh, happiness, blessings. You'll just be producing all the time. You won't just do it once in a while or once a year, but there'll be a constant outflow of the grace of God in your life and your leaf shall not wither. Now, I believe that has to do with healing and health. When a plant is healthy, the leaves are healthy. When you walk outside and your plant's leaves are weathering, you know that plant's sick, don't you? Well, this is telling me that I won't get sick. I'll be strong and healthy if I learn to meditate on the Word of God. And the last one, and everything I do will prosper. I like that one. That sounds to me. You'll become strong and stable like that tree. You'll become fruitful. You'll avoid sickness, and you'll walk in prosperity. That sounds like a blessed person to me. So let's get into that meditate part and find out exactly what that means and how we can do it. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. As I said, that word meditate means to give it serious thought and roll over and over in your mind. So you'll understand what a positive thought in that direction is. Let me give you a negative thought. Have you ever been angry, really angry at someone? And the longer you thought about it, the angrier you got. I'm the only one. Oh, I, you would all raise your hand if you were telling the truth. You know, the more you think about it, and when you go to bed at night, it really gets bad. I should have said this. I should have done that. How dare they do that to me? That anger grows and grows and grows. How about fear? How about fear? You get a bad report. Or you get, you get something in the mail that tells you that your finances aren't what they should be. Or maybe you just got the report of how much income tax you're going to have to pay. And you can't get it out of your mind. And you're thinking, how am I going to do that? And it gets bigger. And it's, what's happening to you? It's rolling over and over and over in your mind. And the more you meditate on those thoughts, the bigger they get. Isn't that true? Yeah. If you're going through a difficult, difficulty in your relationships, it's the same way. The more you think about those things, the bigger they get in your mind. And they crowd out your peace. And they crowd out your joy. You know, the reason for that is found in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says this, for though we walk in the flesh or live our life in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but they're mighty, and they will pull down strongholds. Now listen to what it says, casting down imaginations 
King James says imaginations. Uh, NIV says arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the will of God. See, that's how we have to fight our warfare. In, um, in Ephesians chapter 6, when we're talking about, and I'm going to be teaching on women in warfare. In fact, there's, uh, my son-in-law is going to be teaching on spiritual warfare on Sunday morning, and I'm going to be teaching on Wednesday night. Totally different lessons, but same direction. But I'm going to talk about our, our, the weapons and our armor. And in Ephesians chapter 6, 16, it says this, Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. In that verse, the Greek words for fiery darts, the word means a dart thrown into the mind. The reason that fear gets bigger and bigger is because the enemy, if he sees, oh, that's bothering you, let me just keep, let me keep hitting you with that, hitting you with that, hitting you with that, hitting you with that. So what have you got to do to stop it? you got to pull out your shield of faith because the Bible says your shield of faith will block those fiery darts from hitting your mind. And when they try to hit your mind, they'll hit something else and bounce off. The something else they need to hit is the Word of God. That's what they need to hit. In um, Proverbs chapter 3, let me give you a personal example. Uh, I was talking to Joy today and asked her, I said, how long ago did we start meditating on this verse? Maybe two years ago, about two years ago, wasn't it? About two, it was right after the baby was born, and we were believing God for healing. And anyway, Joy came in. To, we have staff prayer every Tuesday, and Joy came in, and she, she said, Today I want us to look at this verse. So she said, Open your Bibles to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Good, good verse, huh? And she said, now let's just quietly say that verse over, read it over and over to ourselves. Let's do it for five minutes. Five minutes? That's a long time. My little brain, you know, your brain too, if you were there. But we did it. And so then we prayed a little bit. Well, then the next week we came in and she said, now let's just, once again, let's take some time and let's just meditate on our two little verses. And once again, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to just read, read it real quietly to yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own. Well, after a couple weeks of that, we knew those verses, didn't we, Justin? So then she didn't say, let's read them. She'd say, let's say our verses. And so we said our verses. And, and we're thinking, well, this is nice. We're, we've memorized these two verses. This is nice. We weren't really thinking about, you know, I mean, we were praying, but we didn't realize what God was doing. We didn't realize. See, you don't realize what God's doing. But you grab this little verse. It seems like such a simple little verse. And then she said one day, she said, let's pray it. What? Let's pray it. How do you pray it? This is how you, I really knew how you prayed. I pray the word all the time. But this is how we prayed it. Lord, I trust in you with all my heart. I won't lead to my own understanding. Lord, I trust you with all my heart. That's really the only part we, we prayed. Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I won't lead to my own understanding. Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I won't lean. We did it for weeks. In fact, we're still doing it two years later. Now, let me tell you what happened. 
bad things begin to happen like they always do because the enemy loves to attack God's people. So different ones of us, different things would happen, and the reports would come back. You know that such and such happened, but I just trusted in the Lord with all my heart. I didn't lean to my own understanding. I knew the Lord was going to direct me, and he led me right out of that, and he delivered me. What? When you meditate on the Word of God, and it becomes a part of you, now, it is, that is just wonderful, isn't it? You can do it. Now, it is good. I, I want you to read 345. I don't want you to put aside that and stop that. But let me tell you what we do. I can't see what time it is because my, my distance eye is out. Okay, two minutes. I have two minutes. <laughs> I took my contact out today because it was bothering me. What we do is we read fast so we can get through our reading. And we don't absorb what we're reading. So I'm going to suggest to you, that you just take a little piece of Scripture, maybe Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Actually, what happened to me is I read a little further one day. I just went a little further, and I'd been having trouble with my knee. And the next verse in 7 and 8 says that I shouldn't be wise in my own conceit. And if I would just seek the Lord, that he would, he would be flesh to my bone, or flesh to my uh, health to my flesh and healing to my bones. I thought, oh, I, my bone has been bothering me. And I'm going to, so I began to confess that and pray that. Then I went back to the first verse. And I, do you know, Proverbs chapter 3 is one of the most powerful chapters you could possibly read. It covers everything. So I decided I was going to read it every day this year. So I've been reading Proverbs chapter 3 every day this year. Reading it slowly, letting the Holy Spirit talk to me. He's been showing me wonderful things in that. I'm meditating on the Word. I'm going to walk in blessing. How about you? Well, I thought it might even be more effective if I could get Art to do it with me. Art's my husband, in case y'all don't know that. So I said, hey, honey, I've decided I'm going to read Proverbs 3 every day this week, every day this year. You want to join me? He said, I'm already doing it. I said, what? The Holy Spirit had already talked to him. He'd already started doing it. He didn't bother to tell me. <laughs> so then I said to my daughter, hey, Dad and I are reading Proverbs 3 every day this year. Why don't you join us? So Kyle and Christy joined us. So our whole family is reading Proverbs 3 every day this year. And we're expecting the Lord to do the things. Give us wisdom. Give us health. Give us favor. One verse in that says that it'll be like favor around your neck everywhere you go. Wow. I'll take that. How about you? God wants to bless you. If he didn't want to bless you, he wouldn't have put Psalms 1 in the Bible. He wants to bless you. But the first step of getting blessed is to be sure Jesus is the Lord of your life. So if you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to help you do that tonight. Why don't you bow your heads? If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to do that tonight, Slip your hand in the air so I can see you and I know, know that you're here. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're just going to pray with you. Don't have to come up here. Just slip your hand in the air so we can pray with you. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Now, how about this? You say, Billy, I, I have made Jesus the Lord of my life, but God knows and I know I'm not where I ought to be with the Lord, and I need prayer. I want to be included in that prayer. Let me see your hand if that's you. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. Let's pray together. Pray after me. Dear God. I know mankind needs a Savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, 
I confess you as my Lord and my Savior, as the one who redeems me and frees me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a new heart. Thank you for giving me new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.